Welcome to the Business Tune-Up, the podcast that'll help you find your business spark. You'll hear great stories, learn quick tips, tools, and ideas from two top-tier business coaches that each bring their own experiences and perspectives. Candice and Jim are both passionate about what they do and share the same goal to bring value, inspire, and help each client they work with reach their full potential. This podcast gives you business insights through genuine, authentic, and fun conversations. Here are Candice Eckstein and Jim Cummings. Hey, Candice. Hey, Jim. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, the, the weather's getting nice and things are warming up and uh, I sense optimism in the air that there's patios open now and I don't know, people are getting vac- vaccinated and, uh, th- and, the, and, you know, there's articles all over the place in the business columns about the pending boom, economic boom that is going to come, that is going to, you know, outrival any other economic boom we've seen in history. Uh, so. I'm pretty positive about what's going on. I have to tell you, just the fact that the sun is shining, I'm very positive. I'm definitely not built for these Canadian winter weathers. And so I am loving the hot sunshine. I'm also loving the fact that we're coming together today to record our next podcast and loving that the topic we've chosen for today is communication. Yeah, and again, we should uh, mention that uh, our apologies, but we, you know we're still uh, doing this remotely, so it's uh, via Zoom. So uh, our apologies for any poor sound quality, but we hope our meaning gets across. Yeah, absolutely, and and hoping a few more podcasts under our belt, and then we'll be in a position where we'll be able to connect live and record live, and not only look at each other through Zoom, but you know, in par and in line, or I should say, with the the topic that we're talking about today being communication, we do need to be able to communicate through different platforms. Communication is all about sharing information. And hopefully, as we go through this podcast and talk about that, and we'll share some of those different channels with our listeners, we'll, we'll, as you said, be as effective taping this through Zoom as we would in person. Right. Yeah, and so communication is is a, a topic that, I mean, this is your bailiwick, and I must say there's never going to be any statues erected to me with a plaque that says master communicator. <laughs> That's for darn sure. So I'm, I'm going to defer to you most of this podcast, but uh, I mean, I do have some ideas to share, but why don't you start us off and kind of set the stage for us? I'd love to, but I do want to circle back at some point and find out where those plaques are going to be, where they're hanging and what they're saying of your master something or the other. But I'll put a pause on that and and, and we'll come back. But you know what? I've often said, Jim, that there's an art to communicating. For leaders, communication can shape more effective business strategy, and it ensures ideas are understood and received in the way that we've anticipated Most importantly, communication, though, can draw people in once we understand what's important to them, and it can trigger some pretty crappy things if it's not done correctly. And so communication should be intentional. I always say that we shouldn't be leaving communication to chance or as an afterthought, especially in business. Communication should be transparent. It should help align the company's goals, and it should set expectations. And so communication, to me, Or what I usually say is communicate, then communicate more. And when all else fails, keep communicating. 
The absence of information allows the human tendency just to fill in gaps with what happens to not be true. We let our our imaginations go to some crazy places sometimes, and specifically in business, it then falls on the leaders to clean up the misinformation. Now, that being said, Jim, we started talking about different channels of communication, us being on Zoom now, but there's obviously many ways to communicate. So why don't you share a few of those different venues or or channels with us? Yeah, so, I mean, communication means different things to different people, but I I thought it might be useful just to take a step back and look at the different ways we communicate, especially in business. So what, what I mean by that is, you know, in, in your daily course of things in business, there may be several different ways that you interact with other people. For instance, in no particular order, you might be doing a live presentation. So a live presentation is entirely different than sending an email or even a face-to-face meeting. So if we start there with a live presentation, what makes a very powerful live presentation? Well, here's some suggestions for how to make it powerful. Be clear and concise in your meaning. Speak slowly and clearly. No mumble mouth. I hate Mm -hmm. that. When people are mumbling and you can't understand what they're saying. Keep it interesting and engaging. Know your topic. Lift your energy. This is a good one. When you're when you're giving a live presentation, it's kind of like you're on stage, you're acting. So if you've ever seen actors backstage, they're they're getting their physical energy up so that when they they step out on stage, they're they're ready to perform. And and a live presentation is a performance. Have a plan, know what you want to get across, and this is key. Practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. Rehearse it to death. Make it look effortless. You know, when we think about uh, traditionally people who are thought of as great communicators, people like Steve Jobs and uh, Bill Gates, they're, they're thought of as amazing communicators. What most people don't know is those guys rehearsed it to death. They knew exactly what they were going to say. They put in the 10,000 hours required to become very good at speaking and communicating to people and look where it got them. I mean, you know, it's in no small part to their communication skills that they got to where they are. And lastly, for for live presentations, I, I have make eye contact and know your body language. You mentioned body language earlier. It is so important. Mm-hmm. We like we could do a whole podcast on this, but by some estimates, something like sixty to eighty percent of human communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So we're saying so much to our audience, whatever that audience is, whoever that audience is, without even opening our mouths. So be aware of what it is that you're saying with your body language. Do you want me to keep going on this? Yeah, yeah, you bet. Tell us about a couple of the different channels for sure. Well, sure. Okay, why don't we jump to written communication? And this is mm-hmm. where in business, I mean, so often we fire off an email and don't think about it. And of course, there's the dreaded reply all. Right? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> uh, how many times? I, I've often said the best way to get somebody to read an email is to send out another email immediately afterwards, retracting the first email. <laughs> oh, yeah, that gets the attention. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what did I miss? <laughs> what was juicy? <laughs> anyway, for written, here are my, my suggestions for how to, how to make effective writing communication. First of all, get to the point. Less is more. Oh, 
I, I don't want to get too far off the track here, but I have a friend who, and I'm not going to say who she is, but she writes war and peace every time she sends an email. And I, I got to the point where I, I write back and go, too much information, did not read. <laughs> Sorry. Like, if there's anything important in there, you have to distill it down and tell me what it is, because I'm not going to go through all this to find the important bits. I'm too busy. So get to the point. Less is more. Here's a good one. Tone it down. So what I mean by that is writing always comes across much stronger than speech. You sound angrier. You sound more excited. Your emotions sound in writing much stronger than they are. So tone them down and they will sound normal. Oh, for crying out loud, watch your spelling and grammar. I mean, there's nothing less professional than bad punctuation and, you know, people with lack of capitals and no punctuation and uh, take the time to make it look professional. And of course, never use all caps because (laughs) it sounds like you're yelling at everybody. (laughs) Yeah. I see so that. true, right? I see that to this day. I see all caps happening. Anyway, use customary salutations and titles. Come on. What's wrong with tradition? You know, say regards at the end of a professional email. There's nothing wrong with that. Here's a good one. Sleep on your tough decisions before you press send. Let Give it the, the blessing of 24 hours because you may wake up the next morning. This has happened to me several times where I've had letters ready to go to the lawyer to sue somebody. And the next morning I woke up and went, what am I thinking? Mm-hmm. Because it occurred to me that that was a really bad idea. And uh, so I did not send it off. Didn't press send. Watch out for reply all, which we've already talked about. And we've already talked about a guaranteed way to get everyone to read an email is to send out another one immediately after recalling the first one. That's just a joke. And last but not least, let's talk about what you and I are doing right now. And that is face-to-face. Mm-hmm. one-to-one communication. This is really an intimate form of communicating. And I mean that in the professional manner, of course, but it allows for personal interaction, but you also get to see the body language and you get to feel the person's presence if we're not doing Zoom. So it can be a very effective and powerful way to communicate with somebody. And here, here's a little story for you. This is a tactic that politicians use. Are you familiar with the um, journalist scrum? I'm sure you've seen it. It's where a politician comes out of a meeting and 15 journalists huddle around the politician and stick a microphone in their face and ask them questions about, and it's going to be on the six o'clock news, right? Mm. It could be the PM or some important person. And if you've ever been there live when that's happening, one of the most remarkable things is that the, the politician will drop their voice. This is very intentional. They will bring their voice down almost to a whisper. And what that forces, what that, what that forces is that the journalists have to lean in in order to hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. It makes the whole thing that much more intimate. It becomes literally a scrum. Mm-hmm. That's where the term came from. They're like, they're like they're in a huddle. And now they're focused on on him or her, and they're listening very carefully to what they're saying. So develop your listening skills. Listen twice as much as you talk. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, so I won't go into it. But listening is a very important part of Mm -hmm. You bet. 
Focus on the other person's interests. Make them feel acknowledged. Listening is a great way to do that. Listening with intention. Sit up straight. Make eye contact. Know your stuff. Do your research and have a plan as to what you want to achieve during the meeting. And this is also key for negotiation of any kind, and that is slow the process down. Take your time to understand what the other person is saying and what their needs and desires are. Because if you slow the process down and ask lots of questions, you will gain information. And information is incredibly powerful in communication. Yeah, you bet. And appreciate you taking us through some of those different channels, because when we talk about communication, it is such a vast, vast topic. And how we communicate has to depend on who our audience is going to be. Is it going to be through text or email? Is it going to be some form of written communication? Is it going to be over the phone? Is it going to be in person sitting on a patio or at a boardroom table? Is it going to be through a virtual platform through Zoom or Teams or Google Meet? How is the best form of communication for whatever the particular issue is based on the circumstances Are we going to be communicating one-to-one? Is it with a team? Is it with the entire organization? Is it with the board? Is it with the stakeholders? So there's so many things to take into account. And and also one of the most important things I think you touched on is when emotions are heightened, is that the best time to communicate? Mm -hmm. Do we need to take a step back? Do we need to honor the 24-hour rule? Do we need to just take 10 minutes to do some deep breathing? Do we need to go for a walk outside? But when emotions are heightened, it's unlikely the best time to communicate a response or to engage in some sort of communication. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that. But based on all of all of the channels and, and recommendations or suggestions that you mentioned for communicating, I would say for me, face-to-face is always my preference when given the choice. And that could either be in person or like what we're doing right now through a virtual platform with our videos on so we can still see each other. You talked about body language and being in person in some capacity or seeing the person on video gives the opportunity to read body language and really to it enhances the listening that we're able to develop. If you were sitting across from me with a very straight back, with your arms very tightly, intensely crossed, and with a bit of a stern look on your face, you would be probably giving me some sort of a message versus you sitting back, pretty laid back on your chair, showing me all your pearly whites with a big smile on your face. I'm going to get a different type of a message that I'm going to read off of you. So it's really important that people are aware of their body language because you may be sitting very sternly with a poker face on your on your face and and I'm reading it internalizing oh geez he's a little bit pissed off or he's not in a great mood or maybe he's upset about something when maybe you just won the lottery but you're not showing that to me in your body language and so communication or body language I should say is a big is a big part of communication and so people do need to keep that in mind At the end of the day, everyone, though, Jim, I think really needs to find what works best for them to be able to successfully communicate, whether that's going to be written or spoken. And it comes down to understanding what's important for your audience. You know, what do they really want to know? What are they expecting to hear from you? And are you communicating it in the manner that's taken all of that into account? 
all too often, what we communicate isn't received in the way we intended. Something could get lost along the way, and that's when we run into trouble, especially, as we had said, emotions are heightened. So I'm sure somewhere along the way, in your vast experience of life, you've come across a situation maybe where there was ineffective communication, maybe due to heightened emotions. And would love if you could share an example with me and the listeners today. You mean like 10 minutes ago? (laughs) (laughs) What? What? No, I didn't say that. Oh, well, you know, I did say I'm, I'm my, unfortunately, my emotions get the best of me more often than I care to admit. And as soon as that happens, my communication skills go out the window. And an example that comes to mind that was quite recent is that I had a client who we were doing some work for. It was a small thing. I had an employee assigned, took on the responsibility to do it. She did some of the work. The client was not happy. It turned out the client contacted me at, it was like 10 o'clock on a Saturday night saying that she was not happy with what had happened and the work that was done. And I, I mean, this is interesting. And again, we could do another whole podcast on this, but I, my, all of my people in, in all of the businesses that I've had know that I, I talk about what I call mission orientation. So in other Mm -hmm. words, we are mission oriented. What is the mission? Mm -hmm. What is it we need to achieve? Everything else falls to the wayside because we have to achieve this. And that includes clocks. So I don't care that it's 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. I need you to send an email to this woman and explain to her, just take 30 seconds of your time, send her an email, call her back from the ledge and tell her you're going to correct it first thing Monday morning. That's all I need for you to do. Unfortunately, we were communicating via text. Mm. And so right there, all my, my emotions are already heightened. Secondly, I sound sterner than I really am mm-hmm. uh, because it's in writing. And she responds to me, no, can't this wait till Monday? Sorry, I'm, I'm at a party. I'm drinking wine with friends. Like, mm-hmm. do you mind? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, my Irish went through the roof. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And so... To me, it was, it was a, I mean, she has a point, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, but I didn't see her point and she didn't see my point. And it kind of led to disaster because, you know, that employee is no longer employed. And, you know, I, I, and I, I suppose, again, we could talk about whether or not that was the right decision, but based on, on the point of this is that my communication skills might have saved that situation or at least had a far better, if I had improved my communication manner, if I had communicated better here, it might've had a much better outcome. So I own that. And I, I feel quite badly about that, but uh, all I think about in those situations is the client. It's, Mm -hmm. it's all about the client. If the client's not happy, we move heaven and earth to make the client happy. And I don't care that it's 10 o'clock on Saturday night. But the the fact is, I didn't communicate that to her. I just wanted her to do it. So I said, do it. And I should have communicated my meaning behind it, why it's important to me. And I didn't do that. Yeah, you know what, that was, that's a great example. And I appreciate the authenticity and, um, you know, genuine nature in, in sharing that. Because clearly to me, and I'm sure to the listeners, you had all of the right intentions, 
how it was communicated likely could have come across in a slightly different manner because your intentions were good. They weren't received well because of how you chose to communicate it at, at that time. Right. And so, you know, what great lesson for all of us to learn is to, again, reassess what is the best means of communication? What is the best avenue channel time to do it? Am I emotionally ready to communicate at this time? How I'm choosing to communicate, is that how the person will receive it in the manner I want them to receive it? So communication is, is, is tricky, and especially when there's difficult conversations that have to be had. And as leaders and business owners, we have to engage and handle difficult situations at the workplace. It's one of the parts of our roles that we might not love, but it's inevitable and it is part of it. And it does take finesse, it takes tactfulness, it takes patience, it takes knowing how to keep control of our emotions. And it's just, it's not easy, but it is a necessary part of being a business owner and being a leader. And as business coaches, we know this is definitely an area where we can assist our clients in learning how to effectively communicate, really identifying what that means to them, how to manage those types of conversations, And really, what are the essential skills that are required to have tough but successful, difficult conversations? You know, Jim, one of the things a lot of people I talk to struggle with is how do you find the right words in the moment? Sometimes when we have to have difficult conversations, we have the luxury of pre-planning and we can jot some of our notes down and we can get our thoughts together and, and come to the conversation somewhat feeling organized There's not always those opportunities. And sometimes we do have to have difficult conversations that just sort of hit us in the moment. And a lot of people do struggle to find the right words in the moment when those difficult situations present themselves and emotions are a little bit heightened. So that combination isn't easy, but a huge part of it is changing your mindset and remembering, breathe, just take a breath. And sometimes, you know, one of the little tricks I'll tell people to do again, it, you don't always have this, you know, luxury, but if you've got a coffee mug or a Coke can or a glass of water or something and you're caught in the moment, grab your drink and just take a sip of it. And that also buys you a couple seconds just to gather your thoughts, take a breath. I mean, you don't have the luxury of 10 minutes. It is five or 10 seconds, but at least it gives you a second just to figure out what's going on in the moment. And I also like to remind people and and those that know me, I'm I'm a big believer in in, uh, showing empathy and showing compassion and difficult situations do most of the time require that. And again, that's a skill set that comes easier to some people than others. But anyway, so I appreciate again your example that you shared with with your employee because it it is it was a, a difficult you know situation. Um, it's good to reflect back on on what that looks like. You know, you were talking about finding the right words in the moment. It's something that came to mind is this is partly the reason why the telephone or conversations via telephone are becoming almost extinct. Have you noticed the number of people who really don't like to have a telephone call anymore? I have a friend and he actually put it very beautifully. He said, I can be brilliant by text. (laughs) I can't when I'm on the phone. Yeah, it's in the moment, right? If he takes two, like even 20 or 30 seconds to think about how he's going to respond, 
he can respond in a witty fashion and he can be brilliant. But if he's on the phone, he can't think that fast. Right. So yeah. it, when people have a choice now, they're not using the telephone. So really, communicating is changing right before our eyes. Uh, yeah. It's evolving. So we, we touched earlier on the importance of listening, Candice. Mm-hmm. And, and I, want, I want you to tell me more about that. Expand on that for me, if you will. Yeah, you know what? I would say probably of all the parts of communication, listening is probably the biggest part of communication that people forget about. They don't recognize or remember to associate listening as a hugely important part of communication and actually listening to what the person is saying, not listening so you can jump in, not listening so you can continue sharing your thoughts. Literally, slowing down and just listening to what the other person has to say to you. You want to take a pause before responding. It not only gives you a chance to choose the right words, but it shows the other person you've actually heard them. You're also more likely to address the right issues of what the person is coming to you to talk about. If your team is presenting something to you, if your board is presenting something to you, if you're trying to align in goals, and I'm talking more strategically from a business perspective right now, but you really need to listen to what the other person is saying. Again, not so you can talk, not you can offer your opinion, but truly to listen. If we talk about going through a recruitment process with candidates, And we're listening. A lot of the time, we'll ask a candidate to come with a 30, 60, 90 to present to us, or we'll ask them a case study based on obviously what the role is that we're hiring for. We need to listen to how that candidate is presenting to us. We need to look at how have they presented it via Word, PowerPoint, in Excel. What is their written communication style? What is their verbal communication style? Are they comfortable standing in front of a room presenting? There's so many different ways of communication that involve us actually listening to what the person has to say. And there are some leaders, and and I I mentioned this, I think, one of our first podcasts, and I I had read it about Nelson Mandela, and he attributed the fact that he is such a phenomenal and recognized amazing leader is because he listens. When he is in a meeting with people, he is always the last person to speak. So he is purposely and intentionally listening to what everybody else has to say. That doesn't mean that he doesn't ask questions for clarification, you know, throughout their presentations or while they're talking. But unless it's for clarification, he waits until the end because he's listening to what they have to say. To me, listening is is an undeveloped skill and an opportunity for a lot of people to improve on. I'm not sure if you have anything else you wanted to add on on listening piece. This is absolutely critical. uh, And it's something, it is a skill that can be developed. There's no question about it. But so few people, again, especially when emotions start to get high, people lose their listening ability because they're thinking more about what they want to say and what they're going to respond. It's what I call active listening. So you're listening to comprehend, not to respond. You really want to understand what the person is saying. And thankfully, this is something that gets better with age. (laughs) I, I, you know, at my ripe age now, I'm 
I'm a far better listener than I was 30 years ago when I, 35 years ago when I started out in business. And I'm a better person for it. Notwithstanding the conversation I had with the employee two weeks ago, I I consciously uh, listen much more carefully now than I ever have in my life. And it's made me a better, a better business person as a result of it. Yeah, yeah, I bet. But you're right. You know what? When our emotions are in, char- are in charge of us or they feel like they're getting the best yeah. of us and all we see is red and we've got steam yeah. coming out of our ears, of yeah. course, it is it is challenging to listen. But as you said, it's absolutely a skill that can be developed. And it's a skill that needs to be developed and utilized when we're talking about communication in terms of the culture of a business or an organization. So talk to me or to us, our listeners, a little bit about where is the alignment between effective communication and a strong culture? Well, sure. I mean, again, (laughs) I'm no specialist in communication. I'm also no specialist in culture. But what I know and what I've learned over the years is that culture is something that if you do not create the culture in your organization, it will happen by itself. And it may not be the culture that you prefer. And I think communication is a key part of that culture. In other words, if you foster an environment that allows people to feel free to come to you and express their feelings and concerns about things, imagine how powerful that is to helping the company evolve and improve. Whereas if people are intimidated by the leadership and they feel there will be reprisals if they express their feelings about things, I mean, that's just exactly the, that's, that's antithetical to what the company should be doing in order to improve its processes. So I do believe that, that communication is a cultural thing and, and it should be built into a company's culture. It should be expressed and nurtured on a daily basis that people should be taught how to communicate, when to communicate, and and to the betterment of the whole organization. Yeah, you know what? In my mind, a huge part of any organization's culture is tied back to communication. It doesn't matter how what the size of the organization or business is. It doesn't matter what their sector or industry is. Communication to me is if not one of the most important, the most important part of any organization and any culture. How does the leader speak and communicate with his or her employees? How is feedback given? Is it even given? Are employees encouraged to bring forward ideas and their suggestions? How is communication done between clients, stakeholders, business partners? When we're recruiting and onboarding, how does communication play a role in that? If we have to let somebody go, are we doing exit interviews? And what does that type of communication look like? It's it's a huge, huge part of culture. It's, it's a big part of when I help businesses design their culture. And you're right. Every organization has a culture. Some are by default and some are by design. And the ones that are sustainable and that thrive are definitely intentional, purposeful, and by design. Mm -hmm. And communication is a huge, huge part of it. I'm working with an organization right now where we're trying to redefine the culture because communication isn't at a place where they want it to be. And there's lots of opportunities to improve it. 
And so it's working with employees at all levels of the organization to improve communication, to identify for that business, what does effective communication look like? Because for business A, it could look a bit different to business B, to business C. Every organization has to have a great communication channel. What it looks like and how it operates on a day-to-day basis might look different based on the company. But it's it's something I'm so passionate about. And so I'm I'm gonna be cognizant of our time. So we're not gonna have a seven-hour podcast talking about culture and communication. <laughs> <That'd be good. laughs> so maybe we'll do parts one, two, and three, but, but for now. But seven hours wouldn't be effective communicating. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I'm I'm recognizing that we're going to move on to another yeah. area of communication. Right. So, okay, let's do that. Now, it's, you've talked to me briefly about the five-chair model, and I'd love if you could share that with our listeners now. I would love to. So I this, this excites me so much. So only you can see me because our listeners are obviously just listening, but I am showing all my pearly whites right now, and I am smiling ear to ear because I absolutely love this model. I share it with most of my clients whenever it makes sense to share it with them. And it's by the author and behavioral coach, Louise Evans. And so she has a, she also has a personal development book called Five Chairs, Five Choices. She's given a TED Talk on it. Definitely highly recommend all of our listeners check it out and listen to, listen and watch, I guess, the TED Talk. It is seriously amazing. Um, and it's just, you know what, it's it's so relatable. Again, it doesn't matter if you are a business owner or if you're a leader. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you're an employee at an organization. If you are a human being, this is relatable to you. And so that's why I think I love it because it is so relatable to everyone. It really is about making us more aware of our behaviors at every moment of the day. And that hugely impacts our communication. So the five chairs provides what Evans calls a behavior compass with with each chair representing a different reaction to an event, a problem, or a person. So really, the aim is to sharpen your perception of your behaviors at every moment, cultivating the ability to change chairs, meaning that you're going to be moving, Jim, from a negative reaction or behavior to a more productive one. And so... Okay, that sounds super complicated, which it isn't, but it's because we're not visual right now and I'm not able to show it to you. So I'm going to try and explain it to you. So imagine that you have five chairs, okay? There's a red chair, a yellow chair, a green chair, a blue chair, and a purple chair. And every chair represents a behavior. And so when we're communicating, so in your example, for example, were you communicating in the red chair sort of with more from a place of anger? Or was it just being received by your old employee that you were kind of anger? So every chair is a color and every color represents a behavior and a feeling. So I'm just going to go through them quickly with you and with the listeners to get a better gauge on what I'm talking about. So as I said, the red chair is really the attack chair. It's associated with judgment. The yellow chair is the self-doubt chair, and it's associated with the feelings of vulnerability. The green chair is the waiting chair, more like you're thinking you're in pause. And so that's really associated with being an observer. 
The blue chair is the detective chair, and that's associated with deferring your action to another time, right? A detective looks for all the clues first. And then the purple chair is connected with the emotion of compassion or empathy. And so the idea is, is when you say something, when you communicate with somebody, again, through body language, verbal, written, whatever that choice of communication is, what color chair are you communicating through? And what color chair is the person receiving that behavior and communication from? So if I have all intentions of communicating to you, Jim, through the green chair, so I'm really just waiting, I'm trying to observe stuff. Is that coming across that way to you? Or is it coming across as the yellow chair where I really have a lot of self-doubt? I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so are you interpreting it the way that I'm, I'm saying it? I bet you that everybody can recognize all these different types of behaviors in ourselves, in our leaders, in our organizations, in our teams, the people that we connect with on every single day. And so the five chairs allow you to self-reflect and be more aware and conscious of your behaviors and how they impact the way you communicate. And really, more importantly, Jim, it's about how your communication is being received by the other person. So applying these concepts are going to help you be a more effective communicator, in my view, anyways. Like I said, I just I absolutely love the model because it is so relatable. And it's recognizing that you can literally say one thing to somebody and they can interpret it five different ways. How we say it that comes out of our mouth, how our body language says it, the timing. If you ask me a question, am I going to answer five minutes later or am I going to wait 24 hours to answer you? And that again can spark some sort of misconception in somebody's head. I might've just got an emergency and had to handle something and forgot to get back to you. So I'm only answering you 24 hours later with no explanation as to why my delayed response. Whereas you might think, holy geez, is she pissed off? Did I say the wrong thing? The fact that I only responded 24 hours later in your mind, you could perceive as something really negative. When again, maybe I just had an emergency with my kids that I had to deal with and my, my, focus got pulled in another direction. And so our behaviors hugely impact the way we communicate. Um, and, And communication really is about fostering better working relationships, sustainable relationships. We're talking more in a business or work environment, but we really want all relationships in our lives as human beings to be good or as good as they can be. So Again, that's super, super, super high level of five chairs, but it gives an idea of of what that model is about, but certainly encourage you and everybody else to check out the book or to check out the the TED Talk. So can can our listeners uh, reach out to you for more information on that? Because it, it sounds to me like there's an implementation aspect to this. I mean, obviously, it's there's more to it than what you can just touch on today. Can people reach you to to learn more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I would love it. I do workshops and and do little webinars on it with my clients, again, when it makes sense to do so. But when there's an opportunity to improve communication at an organization or do some skill building or do some growth development with leaders at organizations, I typically take them through and utilize Louise Evans' 
behavioral five chair model approach. And so would love to have our listeners reach out to me and, and certainly have a discovery conversation to teach them more about this model and, and how it can benefit their businesses. And speaking of reaching out, I mean, I would love to hear our listeners' thoughts on this whole topic of communication. I'm sure there's lots of things people are thinking going, well, why didn't they talk about this? And why didn't they talk about that? And I'm not sure I agree with that. And so I'd love for your, you know, your thoughts. I mean, so speaking of reaching out, send us a a message on LinkedIn and and tell us what you thought of uh, what we talked about today. I'm I'm a student. I want to learn more about this and I'm I'm always looking to improve my own abilities. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, you know what and and that's a that's a great idea or a suggestion to bring up because we haven't typically reminded people or or told them that it's something that we'd love to hear or be receptive to hearing, but both Jim and I are on LinkedIn, Jim Cummings, Candy Sextine. And so please feel free to reach out to us. At the end of the day, we're, we're two business coaches that are super, super passionate about what we do. We have our own businesses, but really appreciate, you know, what each other brings to the tables and thought that it would be pretty neat and fun to come together, do these collaborative podcasts, to talk about issues that we are interested in and hopefully that you find interested in this uh, crazy world of life as we're all growing and developing. So please absolutely, as Jim said, reach out to us. Let us know what you love, what you don't love, topics that you would be interested in hearing us talk about. And we are always so receptive to, to hearing you from you. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap it up, Candice. So with that, I'm Jim. And I'm Candice. And this has been the Business Tune-Up. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Tune-Up podcast with Candice and Jim. Got a question about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Connect with Candice or Jim through LinkedIn and send them a message. Thanks for listening. And until next time on the Business Tune-Up, Continue to find your spark.